Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Behold, the Lord comes to save his people. Blessed those prepared to meet him. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, went up the mountain, and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others. And they placed them at his feet, and he cured them. The crowds were amazed when they saw the mute speaking. The deformed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind able to see. And they glorified in the God of Israel. Jesus summoned his disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, for they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for fear they may collapse on the way. The disciples said to him, Where could we ever get enough bread in this deserted place to satisfy such a crowd? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few fish. So he ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the two fish, gave thanks, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They ate, and all were satisfied. And they picked up the fragments left over. Seven baskets full. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is the Feast of St. Nicholas, who is known better to most of us as Santa Claus, but whom the tradition very deliberately calls Nicholas the Wonder Worker. Most of us probably know, at least vaguely, the story of the three young girls, right? So you've got these three girls, poor old dad, no mom, no money. So dad is going to have to sell them into the world's oldest profession, and St. Nicholas, catching wind of what's going on, takes some of the church's money, and in order to save the father's pride, tosses it in from an outside window. The money lands, at least in some of the stories, in stockings hanging by the mantle, and this is why we hang stockings at Christmas time. The lesser-known version, but probably of more or less the same story, is of three young boys. Now, these are not like teens that are maybe about to be looking for husbands. These are three young boys, elementary age boys, and they're street urchins. They're they're street kids. So they are begging door to door for bread, and they they beg at the wrong door. And this is either true crime or fairy tale. I can't decide what the genre should be. Um, But the the wicked butcher who brings them in uh, cuts the little boys up and puts them in a pickle jar or a barrel of pickles. They're there for a long time. The stories vary in terms of duration, but like not a couple of days. And eventually, St. Nicholas comes to buy meat from the butcher, not knowing the guy's a psycho killer, and um, intuits there's something going on with this barrel, opens it up, makes this grisly discovery, and says a prayer which restores the boys to life. The historicity of either of these accounts is not very important. What is very important is that the people who knew Nicholas told stories about him that showed that what he brought 
was life. And that he saved from death. The girls in the first version are facing spiritual death by being sold into prostitution. And so he not only uh, saves the girls from, uh, from the, 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 the spiritual death that a, a life in that world and that, in that occupation would bring, right? But he also saves the father by not permitting him to sin in sending his girls away. And by enabling their economic conditions to sustain them such that the kids are not only able to survive materially, but ultimately thrive. In the second story, he saves the boys from natural death by supernatural means. That is, what they're saved from is death itself. And so they're restored to life. And of course, whenever, either in the scriptures or in the lives of the saints, one is made to make something out of nothing or to put that which wasn't there before. Think of Jesus and the man born blind. That's a bigger deal than Jesus restoring sight to somebody that had lost it because a capacity that wasn't there before is now there. Well, well, St. Nicholas takes these boys who have clearly lost the capacity for life by being made into pickles and turns them into creatures competent of heaven into young men who likely became saints themselves. So you see, this is the wisdom of the saints, and it's the reason we dare to call them wonder workers. Surely marvelous things happened in the life of St. Nicholas, whether it was these or others, probably as in the case of the Lord Jesus. If we knew all of them, all the books in the world couldn't contain them. But he didn't do so on his own accord. He didn't do this with his own power. In an important way, Nicholas didn't do it at all. He just showed up. And in showing up, he allowed God to do something that he couldn't have managed otherwise. I said at the beginning of Mass, one family in our parish at least, and probably several others, are in need of a genuine wonder, of a true miracle. Many of you, I know, have been the recipients of these because I've been with you when it happened. I've watched as grace has worked itself out in your life, and so I know that it can happen again for this family and for others. But if we're going to do that, we have to follow after the pattern of St. Nicholas and all the saints. This can't be us on our own trying to will ourselves to holiness. There's no magic bullet, special prayer, super novena that's going to like zap the correct response in. What we do at the altar is not Christian magic because it's not mechanical. It's relational. And so if we're going to follow in the footsteps of the wonder worker St. Nicholas, we have to start where he did, at the altar, in the most important relationship of all, that with the Lord Jesus.